Good morning and happy Tuesday. Welcome to Dialegami, the people's conversation with Travis and Kyra Gold. If you are new here, my name is Kyra Gold. I am married to Travis Gold. Ah, love him so much. He is the lead pastor at For the People's Church, located in downtown Los Angeles. We have a son named Axel who turned one this past March, like I said yesterday. Seriously, time is flying. If you missed yesterday's episode, this week, Travis and I are taking a break from our usual long-form episodes that come out every Monday due to just how everything worked out with our church calendar over the next two weeks. So instead, each day this week, going from Monday to Saturday, I will be hosting a week of daily gospel meditations. Travis, by the grace of God, has entrusted me to steward these episodes uh, as he works diligently in other areas to which he is called to serve Christ and his bride at our local church for the People's Church. Uh, So it will just be God, you, (laughs) the Word of God, and me this week. Our heart with these daily devotional style episodes this week, um, these gospel meditations, if you will, is to comfort, uh, to confront, and to challenge you and ourselves. Trust and believe we need these truths too uh, with the life-giving, false foundation-destroying truths of the gospel of Jesus Christ. If you have not prayed yet before listening to this episode, press pause right now and pray. Ask the Holy Spirit to apply his word to your heart, bringing fresh revelation and illumination in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. With all of that being said, let's jump right into the gospel meditation for today. Today we are going to be in 1 Peter chapter 2 verses 19 through 25, starting in verse 19. For it is commendable if a person bears up under the pain of unjust suffering because they are conscious of God. But how is it to your credit if you receive a beating for doing wrong and endure it? But if you suffer for doing good and you endure it, this is commendable before God. Verse 21. To this you were called because Christ suffered for you, leaving you an example that you should follow in his steps. He committed no sin and no deceit was found in his mouth. When they hurled their insults at him, he did not retaliate. When he suffered, he made no threats. Instead, he entrusted himself to him who judges justly. Verse 24. He himself bore our sins in his body on the cross so that we might die to sins and live for righteousness. By his wounds, you have been healed. For you were like sheep going astray, but now you have returned to the shepherd and overseer of your soul. I believe that I can safely say that if you are listening to this podcast, you have endured a season or two of suffering, a season or two of pain, harsh treatment or hardship. In fact, some of you might be in a season of suffering right now. All throughout the word of God, there's promise after promise, warning after warning that followers of Jesus will suffer unjustly for bearing his name. We read account after account in the gospel accounts of Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, where Jesus himself warns us of this truth. 
that suffering is inevitable in a fallen world and that Christians may suffer more than unbelievers. Here, Peter not only gives us a heads up to our call to suffer, but he also gives a reason for our suffering and then an example of how to suffer in a way that honors God. So let's unpack what we just read verse by verse, and I will be asking some pulse check questions both as we go and also at the end of the episode. So make sure to stay tuned to the end. Verse 19, for it is commendable if someone bears up under the pain of unjust suffering because they are conscious of God. I know some of you are like, but how? I know sometimes it's hard. When you are experiencing unjust suffering, it can be so tempting to become self-centered in your pain. Where thoughts like, this is not fair, or how is God allowing this person to have success in their sin committed against me? Whatever the thought might be, we can be deceived into thinking that thinking more highly of ourselves than we ought to as a protection mechanism might make us feel validated in our pain. But here Peter gives us encouragement for how to bear up under the pain of unjust suffering. And it is to, drumroll please, which Trav was here to do the drumroll sound. (laughs) It's to be conscious of God. There is so much power in these three words. Let's take a closer look at what is being said in this verse. Here we receive great encouragement that one of the fundamentals to bearing up under unjust suffering and enduring offenses is to be conscious of God. There is an organic relationship between endurance and consciousness of God. In other words, we're not to focus on the unjust suffering itself or the painful strike of offense itself. We're not to run inward looking to ourselves, rehearsing monologues of conversations with the person that hurt you and telling them how wrong they are and how much it hurt with conversations in your head that you know you're never going to have in real life. Instead, we are to look up to God by becoming conscious of him, both his face and the work of his hands. His grace is sufficient for this moment. His grace is sufficient for every breath that he has called you to take no matter how painful each breath is to take. We are often more likely to cry out to God in the suffering that we deem significant, in the quote-unquote big things. But how is God calling you to be conscious of him, to be conscious of Jesus in the everyday pain and offenses? From the harsh text message that you just received to the cashier who lashed out at you, Because he uses the everyday seemingly small pains to train us to be conscious of him when the worst ones come. So hear this encouragement. Nothing is too small to seek God in and nothing is too small for him to use to shape you into the image of his son. Now let's continue and take a look at verse 20. But how is it to your credit if you receive a beating for doing wrong and endure it? But if you suffer for doing good and you endure it, this is commendable before God. Well, what does it mean to endure? It means to remain firm under the trials of suffering. Where have you tried to roll yourself off of the operating table because it is too painful? 
Where is an area of your life where you are tempted to step out of position forsaking the call to endure? Have you noticed how in the midst of suffering for doing good, and this is probably because we're often surprised that we're suffering for doing good, even though Peter writes in 1 Peter 4, 12 uh, through 14, dear friends, do not be surprised at the fiery ordeal that has come on you to test you as though something strange were happening to you, but rejoice in as much as you participate in the sufferings of Christ so that you may be overjoyed when his glory is revealed. Verse 14, if you are insulted because of the name of Christ, you are blessed for the spirit of glory and of God rests on you. But our sin, the sin in us in the midst of suffering for doing good, turns us almost into different people. Ones that wouldn't readily be recognized as Christ followers. Because all of a sudden it's like we've never heard anything about turning the other cheek. Like we don't believe in forgiveness or reconciliation. Like we don't believe in God's vindication. Oh, and that bit about love being patient, kind, and not keeping account of wrongs. Oh, I'm keeping account of this wrong. In the tunnel vision of our pain, we can think, feel, and act as if there were no God. As if every promise we read in the word of God is not true. To be conscious of God means remembering that he is here. It means remembering that he sees from the seemingly small offense, from the seemingly small hardship of a mean email from a coworker to the heartbreaking betrayal of a broken friendship. But if you suffer for doing good and you endure it, this is commendable before God. Verse 21, to this you were called. Because Christ suffered for you, leaving you an example that you should follow in his steps. When we say calling, we mean we are called by God to salvation and to service. So our enduring is not only sanctifying as we are both saved and being saved, but it's also being used to build up the bride of Christ to which Jesus is the head. On this side of eternity, Unjust suffering is a part of our calling as Christians. We just read to this you were called. And why? Because Christ suffered for you, leaving you an example that you should follow in his steps. To follow Jesus means to learn from Jesus. The term disciple means learner or pupil. And in that we imitate him. If we are called to suffer, that means God is using these pains. He's using the very real suffering to shape us into the image of Jesus. So by the grace of God and the power and work of his spirit, we can exchange our self-pity for faith. We can exchange our bitterness for patience in Jesus' mighty name. Let's continue in verse 22. He committed no sin and no deceit was found in his mouth. Jesus is perfect, holy, and innocent. No one has ever lived who was more worthy of honor and adoration than Jesus. And yet, spoiler alert, no one has been dishonored and hated more. He who had no sin was grievously sinned against and is continually sinned against by you and I who fall short of his glory daily. 
So if anybody had the right to quote unquote clap back or quote unquote mic drop, it was Jesus. And yet let's take a look at the next verse and see the example he gives us. Verse 23, when they hurled their insults at him, he did not retaliate. When he suffered, he made no threats. Instead, he entrusted himself to him who judges justly. Brothers and sisters, we are to follow the example of Jesus who did not entrust himself to the persecution. He did not entrust himself to their anger, to their insults or the suffering, but instead he entrusted himself to God, the one who judges justly. Jesus, our savior, had faith in the grace of God's righteous judgment and therefore did not need to retaliate or to make threats. Instead, he cries out the words we read in Luke chapter 22, verse 30 where Jesus said, Father, forgive them for they do not know what they are doing. Let's continue in verse 24. He himself bore our sins in his body on the cross so that we might die to sins and live for righteousness. By his wounds, you have been healed. Jesus bore our sins. Not simply so that we would be forgiven of our sins, but also so that we would have the provision of his spirit so that by his continued work, we might die to sins and live for righteousness. So part of God's plan in the death of his son was not just so that we would be forgiven, but also so that we would be enabled to live for him and die to self. He bore our sins to free us from the power of sin. He suffered so that we might not sin. By his wounds, you have been healed. Sometimes it feels like healing is impossible. But God has promised ultimate and eternal healing in him. This means on this side of eternity, that diagnosis might not end with a cure. Infertility might not end with a child. But in Christ, we have hope. It is he who we wait for. And by his wounds, you have been healed because by his wounds, you have been rescued and saved unto infinitely more than you deserve. Thank you, Jesus. Let's continue in verse 25. For you were like sheep going astray. But now you have returned to the shepherd and overseer of your souls. Amen. Amen. Overseer of our souls. Without him, we are like sheep going astray. We wander without our good shepherd. Without him, we drift into destruction. Sometimes the wicked prosper and the righteous suffer. But in our consciousness of God, we can suffer with the hope that is in Christ Jesus. Now we're going to move into a time of some additional pulse check questions for you to take before the Father by the power and work of his spirit in Jesus' mighty name for reflection. Question number one, what is God revealing to you about himself and his character in 1 Peter 2 uh, verses 19 through 25? In verse 23, we read the word judgment. It should bring to mind our own offenses against God. 
It is very tempting to only look at the sins committed against you, but what ones have you committed against him? Ask the Holy Spirit to reveal to you if there are any parts of your heart that have unknowingly remained unrepentant. Not because this will help you gain his acceptance, but because in Christ you have received his acceptance. Question number three. Suffering, it's not good in it of itself. It is only good because of where it leads. This means that the goal of the human existence should not be avoiding suffering, but instead to become godly, to grow in Christ's likeness. Where have you been running from your suffering, running from the pain? Ask the Holy Spirit to reveal to you what God is teaching you about how you ought to respond to insults, to hardship, to suffering, to which we must go through many to enter the kingdom of God. How have you responded in ways that differ from God's design for us in it? Where have you been tempted to retaliate? Where have you been tempted to make threats? What areas of deception is the Lord trying to outwork of your heart? What does this reveal about the condition of your heart? Question number four. How has God brought encouragement to you through 1 Peter 2 verses 19 through 25? And lastly, question number five. How has he brought challenge to you through these verses? And what specifically is he confronting? Suffering is inevitable. In Christ, you can be hurting and still hopeful. You can be in pain and still praising. Take heart in the words we read in Romans 8.18 that these present sufferings do not compare to the glory yet to be revealed. Thank you, Jesus, that in you we have redemption through your blood and by the power and work of your spirit, consciousness of God as we endure hardship. Would your name be hallowed and your will be done. And to you be the glory forever and ever. Amen. Well, that's going to be it for today. Thank you so much for listening. It is such a humbling privilege to steward this for his glory. We will be right back tomorrow with another daily gospel meditation from the word of God. In the meantime, remember to love God, love his church, and faithfully build your foundation on him. In Christ with prayers and love, Dialegami, the people's conversation with Travis and Kyra Gold. See you next time.